What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Something Sustainable, a brand new podcast hosted and produced by Oikos Copenhagen. My name is Thomas, and I am very excited to host today's episode. Every episode, we will invite someone to come on and discuss challenges and, most importantly, solutions at the forefront of today's sustainability agenda. During this series, we will be talking to various types of sustainability experts, startup founders, and people who we think are doing interesting and important work and deserve to have the word spread about their mission. This podcast close to home uh, with the co-founder of urban recycling startup Therabox, Lucas Bruno Hens. Earlier this year, Lucas and Joni, his friend, uh, founded Therabox with the mission to bring composting to the homes of the Germans, and hopefully even further. Um, now, I hear all of you thinking, home composting? Why would I do that? Well, according to Lucas and Joni, you really should think about doing it, and I have a hint that he's about to tell me why. Okay, so Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, You're our first guest, so it's really an honor to have you here. Um, I heard you're going to talk about composting today, and specifically uh, home composting. So before we want to get into the homey part of it, uh, could you tell me a little bit about composting itself? Because what I've heard and what I've been reading is that for years now, um, we've been throwing away perfectly good nutrient-rich materials that have some function uh, left in them. Could you tell me a bit more? Yeah, for sure. So um, where do I start? I, I think composting is basically as old as life. So it's, it's just a process of nature to um, make... Uh, or like transform um, food, organic matter, biological stuff back into um, nutrients and microorganisms that are accessible for plants. So it's basically the nature, the nature cycle um, to transform, um, to make uh, yeah, food accessible to nature again. Okay. And, yeah. and, and how does that work, that process of becoming accessible again? It works uh, through a whole ecosystem, basically. So we, okay. if we look at a, at a worm box level, for example, uh, everyone talks about the worms, um, but the worms don't work without uh, a whole ecosystem of microorganisms. Okay, together. the worms. You're jumping a, yeah. bit, a bit ahead right, right now because <laughs> I know what the worms are for, but I think the listeners might not, might not know yet. Okay. So the, 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 the process of composting, home composting, it starts mm -hmm. with... Um, natural materials it starts with it starts with what food scraps food scraps okay. food scraps yeah and, and and what do you do with those food scraps? you just cut them in, into small pieces you can blend them okay. and add them to your home composter who is okay filled with a um ecosystem of worms and microorganisms break down that much um it depends on how big is your compost but i'd say a banana peel well-functioning compost fully transformed into into the end material would take maybe about a week yeah. a week yeah. oh that's very quick does yeah. it depend on the temperature um, it doesn't I actually so it's a uh, it's a cold compost um which means normally if you have a compost heap in your garden uh, it will heat up because uh, there are thermological processes in the compost heap mm -hmm. that uh, help the, the compost process. But in a cold compost, like a vermiculture or warm compost, um, all those processes happen at room temperature, basically. Okay. So uh, it doesn't heat up. 
nothing so bad happens. It doesn't matter whether you do it in the spring or the fall or the winter. Exactly. You get the same result all the time. So the worms have like a, a kind of working temperature from mm -hmm. maybe like five degrees to 25 degrees. Okay. If you go below that or above that, they won't function fully. I'm saying. Yeah. So it is essential to have the, the ecosystem that you keep at home, yeah. to have it in the house. Keep it in 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 at room temperature. You can have it on the balcony, but then you maybe need to add something in the winter. Um, okay. You should definitely avoid to uh, go below zero degrees. One hundred percent. Yeah. So in the winter, you need to put it in your house when you're living in Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, in an apartment, at least. Um, does it smell? It doesn't. It if doesn't you use smell. it right. No. If you use if you it do, right. If you use it right. If you use it right. That's the, a disclaimer. The, the, the claim is, and it's actually true. I mean, I mean, me and my buddy Yoni, we've been composting for over a year now. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually smells like um, forest soil in a way. Like okay. fresh forest soil. Because the thing is, bad. you throw your peel on top of the compost. Mm -hmm. And uh, the peel doesn't have time to develop smell because it gets eaten up, obviously. right? Uh, okay. And the compost product itself doesn't smell fascinating yeah fascinating Isn't I, wouldn't, it? I wouldn't expect <laughs> i wouldn't expect at all you're learning something today yeah i am i'm learning <laughs> a lot actually one of my questions would be um who home composts when i think about myself i'm a student i live in copenhagen in an apartment um i'm a good copenhagen citizen uh, or at least inhabitant i, I put my food waste in a bio bag uh, throw the bio bag into the into the the bio bin, um, and um, that's that's my process of dealing with 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 food waste. Um, what would be in it for me to actually start home composting? Yeah, so I think that's a great point um, because a lot of people think I have this green little um, bucket in my home. Why mm -hmm. should I even do that? Maybe I start with where I come from. I come from Hamburg, uh, like big northern city in Germany, mm -hmm. where um, we're supposed to be uh, recycling our bio waste, mm -hmm. but um, the municipality doesn't offer us any possibility to. So the reality in a lot of German bigger cities is, although we ought to, we mm -hmm. should do it, a lot of people don't, um, which leads to the to the number of like forty percent of the whole waste that ends up in the residual bin is actually bio waste. Wow! In Denmark, it's very similar. Um, if you look at numbers in Denmark, although you have the impression, I mean, myself, I live in Suhau and I have seven bins in front of mm -hmm. my in front of my house. Right? It's 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 fucking science to yeah. where to put what. Um, but even if you do it right. The numbers show clearly that in Denmark, only 50% of the bio waste of the kitchen scraps gets actually recycled. Okay. All the rest disappears. In the process, some people don't do it right. Maybe you also live on the fifth floor. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to run down all the time. I mean, those little buckets, I can go on about them all day, but they're very small for a purpose, right? Because you don't want it, the waste start smelling and mm -hmm. you don't want the waste... Um, to rip the little biodegradable bag. You mean the little green yeah, buckets? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's an effort to use it. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you just had a beautiful wooden box in your home where you can sit on. It looks amazing. And it even eats your kitchen scraps. And it doesn't Wouldn't smell. Wouldn't that be nice? It doesn't smell. It doesn't smell because the little green bags, they smell. They exactly. Got, they got really bad. And another thing about those bags is there's a huge dis discussion about those bags going on also in Germany. Because there are a lot of different um, 
types of biodegradable plastic. In Germany, we have a huge problem with supposed to biodegradable plastic ending up in the biogas uh, plant and contaminating the, the, the bio uh, waste in the end, and it can't be used to, uh, to produce compost fertilizer. It requires huge amounts of energy to take the plastic bags out. It's biodegradable, but over what period? Four weeks, eight weeks? That's, that's, the, that's the big question. Huh? That's the big question, yeah. So that's a big design flaw in, that, in the German system, you think? Yeah, I think everywhere. I think there are so many different brands out there that claim that they are biodegradable. I don't know about the green bags in Denmark, but mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, a Dane, actually read it up and it's also a big issue. I mean, it dissolves, it composts, but after what period of time? I believe it's 90 days yeah. uh, that it takes to compose. I don't know what, what that, how, that, how that relates to the compost time of, for yeah. example, banana yeah. peel. Yeah. Um, but what I've been reading about, the, for example, the Copenhagen city, and, and this is something I was also wondering about myself because uh, you've done the research, is uh, you said that 50% of, uh, of all food waste is, is composted here, or is at least... It's uh, recycled, yeah. Recycled. Like, or collected separately. Uh -huh. That's the right term. By, by, the, by the Copenhagen municipality, yeah. who yeah. collect all the waste bags and then turn it into uh, biogas and compost. Compost after, yeah. 50% of all waste, to me, although not even closely mm. to that, although it's not even close to... Uh, getting everything, it seems pretty high. Is 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 Copenhagen an anomaly, or or um, it is, seems is like it still a, very unambitious? It seems doing? like a high number actually, but um, if you look at whole Europe, um, Denmark is abs absolutely in, in in the midfield. I'd okay. say there are countries that are much more successful, and I mean, even I I read this number the first time. Fifty percent. It sounds like a perfectly good number. Uh, it doesn't sound bad, right? I mean, fifty percent is a lot. But if you look at that number in the context of degrading soils, we're missing nutrients everywhere. Industrial agriculture is destroying our very livelihood. Mm -hmm. And we badly need those nutrients that are available for free. Absolutely. It's in waste, right? Yeah. We badly need them somewhere else. It really is a waste. It's a waste of waste in the end. Um, so I think that's, that's the whole motivation behind it, to get the other 50% and turn it into something that can produce new food. Yeah, uh, when you say that Denmark's about in the mid-range when we're talking European uh, European countries, um, the countries that are doing really well, um, at least what research shows that, that the countries that are that are doing really well are those countries in which home composting is a is a is a big thing uh, to people, or is is home composting um, even though it, it has existed for a long time as a as a concept, mm. is it still foreign to, to most people? I think it's it's a mix. I think uh, a country that I know of is quite is doing quite well is Austria, mm -hmm. uh, where I know one of our biggest competitors from. So home compost home composting is really well established. Okay, um, and I think Slovenia is also a very good example, and they have rural areas where they don't collect trash separately and use a lot of home composting or like. Um, local composting at least right so you it doesn't have to be a compost in each in each home but at mm -hmm. least maybe in a, in a in a big house like this one here or like in a, in a community yeah, yeah it's not doesn't seem too difficult to implement no and the payoff is quite, no. quite great yeah. do you think in slovenia this was then a product of a particular policy brought forward by the government or was it a private actor or a startup mm. uh, like terabox um, that we're going to talk about in a, in a second 
Yeah, I, um, I can't say anything specific about Slovenia, but my guess is that, um, I mean, people understand that they you you waste nutrients if you don't treat your. I mean, it's a very old idea. People thousands of years ago put uh, manure and 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 waste on their fields to to make them more nutrient again. So um, I think it's out of necessity, I guess, especially okay. in rural areas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you use it for? Yeah. So um, it's a brilliant fertilizer for your plants first. So Imagine you um, live in a two-house apartment. You're mm-hmm. going to produce 10 to 15 kilos of compost per year, which sounds like a lot. Um, but uh, if you use it for your plants during the summer, uh, it's not that much, actually. You can always just give it back to nature. What we're also trying to do at the moment is establish a kind of compost collective or like a compost network where you can share compost for example, with urban gardening projects mm-hmm. and maybe get some some uh, veggies in return. Mm. Um, but in the end, I mean, you can harvest it once, two times per year and then store it. Easy. I mean, you, you just store it for at least a year okay. in an open, half-open container. It doesn't smell again. <laughs> uh, you just let it dry and you can use it easily after a year, after one and a half years. To feed your for, plants. For your next project. And maybe it's even a motivation to start something on your on your own balcony in the end you got your green fingers exactly. uh, active yeah exactly yeah okay that that makes uh, that makes total sense um now that we know a little bit about actually we know quite a lot about home composting and composting in, in general about the process and the function um we're excited to uh, talk to you about terabox um mm-hmm. this podcast is an initiative from the social pioneers team of, of oikos um usually we would host um company visits to startups just like Terabox and have uh, students um, give students the, the, the opportunity to interact with uh, social entrepreneurs like yourself. However, as we all know, uh, the pandemic is blocking that from happening. Um, so this is an alternative, um, an alternative medium that we're trying out. And um, we're very interested in hearing about Terabox itself. So you founded the startup together with your friend um, less than a year ago. In, in 2020, yeah. 2021, uh, something like that. Yeah. And we, as social entrepreneurship enthusiasts, we would like to know how you got started, uh, where you got the inspiration to dive into this niche market. You always get, already gave us a little bit of a teaser that you come from Hamburg and that uh, motivated you. But let's just start off with, tell me about Terabox um, as a company. Yeah, for sure. So I think Terabox really started with... Um, Yoni's and with with my background a little bit. So, what Yoni did a couple of years ago is uh, to buy a little patch of land in in Portugal. Um, so he owned some land there and started this little gardening building project, little nature project. And roughly at the same time, uh, a few months later, I did a little uh, around the world trip of some mm-hmm. sort, and I worked on a on a farm in South Africa for some time, and also kind of developed my interest for um yeah gardening sounds sounds weird but for just for nature a little bit more uh, yeah. work with plants work with foods and i think this shared interest for for nature kind of rose and then uh, yoni built a built a compost on his balcony i think two years ago huge ass wooden box you can sit on it it's like a bench basically uh-huh. and it doesn't look fancy but it's it worked perfectly fine and uh, I think then we, we we started talking a little bit about the compost. A lot of people 
came by in his flat in Hamburg and said, wow, this, I mean, this shit is amazing. I want one too. Yeah. And uh, then we watched, I think one of the key moments was when we watched Kiss the Ground. Maybe you've heard of that documentary. I highly recommend it on Netflix. Quite mainstream, uh, but mm -hmm. beautifully told. And it's basically about degradation that industrial agriculture does to our planet mm -hmm. and how important soil is for the fight against climate change. And I think that triggered something. Um, and uh, Yoni was between the jobs. I uh, was studying, so I, I, I had some, some time to spend also. And uh, I think then we started talking in September last year, mm -hmm. built the first prototype and just said, hey, you know what? We looked at, uh, at, at the market. We looked at other solutions, and I think we can do better. I think we can create a product that looks better, that mm -hmm. is cleaner, and that fits this urban, urban vibe, urban, young, sustainable vibe targeted at, I mean, people like you and me that mm -hmm. you know, uh, like to live in the city, like to take the advantages of the city, but still maybe want to connect to nature somehow, want to uh, implement a sustainable lifestyle in the city. So. Okay, I think that was inspiration. Um, is it is it people living in the city um, who want to take advantage of, of the city lifestyle, but also want to um, want to have that natural component? Is that is that what you see? I mean, one hundred percent. At the moment, we're uh, doing all our stuff through Instagram, actually. Um, so our target audience is quite young. Mm -hmm. It's very. Uh, uh, we see people contacting us that never were in contact with a compost or composting before. I think that's very important to say. That's um, so it's we're we're riding a wave here a little bit for sure. It's this whole um, sustainable movement. It's uh, it's cool to be green in mm -hmm. some way, right? Um, so I think you can also see that in the television and social media posts. I mean, composting is is, is trending like hell. And it's not, it's not a thing for um, like the eco people anymore. You don't have to live in the woods. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live in the countryside to it's be going mainstream, right? Yeah. It's um, I have this uh, amazing example from Germany. There's this um, German influencer called Pamela Reif. Mm -hmm. um, she is uh, like a super fitness, most mainstream fitness influencer you can have. For all the Germans listening. For all the Germans listening. She has like seven, eight million followers or something. And she okay. just got a home compost. Like, I mean, in her like studio kitchen, she just got, not ours, sadly. Um, but I mean, that's just showing how this whole topic developed. And developed, it's still developing. Right? It's trendy now to, yeah. to do in your home. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Wow. The influencer got the home composer, but it wasn't yours. It wasn't ours. We weren't uh, market there. ready yet. Yeah. It was, ah, like, okay. I think, okay. four months ago. Yeah. Move away from the actual prop product uh, a bit. What What is Terabox's direct ambition? What What do you want to achieve in the coming year? And let's say the coming coming five years. Because, um, sorry, just to tell you a little bit about my reasons for this question. Is on your website, I read, Terabox's mission is to improve recycling through setting up a decentralized composting network in urban areas. Um, and that's what we just talked about. Uh, second part of your mission is to use the money that you, that you make selling these products to promote other projects um, through funding um, or, 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 or investing in the product. And um, 
yeah, I'd like to know what what kind of projects are you looking for, and are you already working on something? But first, let's say what are your ambitions for the coming year and the coming five years? I mean, our ambition right now is we are in a in a very interesting uh, stage with the whole whole startup. We uh, produced twenty seven boxes, uh, I think, three weeks ago. Okay. And uh, sold out two weeks after, so it was super surprised. Up and down, we had some struggle with the product itself. It's still kind of a a beta product where we're we're testing together with the customers mm -hmm. uh, that gave us, um, you know, the the first yes, and they're in, and we really work closely with them. But now we're kind of looking what is important about the product, what is not, and how can we scale it up. Basically, that's I mean the biggest question: How do we make the production a lot cheaper? Mm -hmm. Um, that we don't lose money producing those boxes, right? Because now we we bootstrapped okay. the hell out of it and uh, put some money into development. And how how can we scale it up that the operation runs uh, on its own sustainably? Yeah, financially, right? Yeah. And uh, I think all all the other uh, like bigger ambitions of improving soil health, uh, supporting soil projects uh, comes up. I think once once okay. we're up and running and really um, selling our product online and producing a lot of boxes. Um, but I mean, our vision is also not to only um, invest into soil projects out of our earnings. But I mean, ideally, the compost that we would harvest from our boxes out there that people are not using, maybe, mm -hmm. um, we could contribute to some agricultural projects, maybe even like local urban gardening projects. I mean, okay. that's the that's the beautiful idea of closing the, the local cycle. You buy local food. I mean, this whole local movement is, is really big lately too. Mm -hmm. um, buy food locally from a local farm, transform the food scraps into compost and the compost goes back to maybe a local farm or your local garden and you produce your own stuff again. And, and then that goes on. That's, and that's on, the and idea. Circular, yeah. circular economy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. Um, so for now, the, the, the first ambition is just to get Terabox up and running. Yeah. Make sure um, yeah. if someone orders that it can actually get delivered. Um, uh, five years from now, where do you want Terabox to be? Or, or do, do you see yourself already moved on to the next bigger soil agricultural project? Yeah, I think uh, that's, a, that's a great question, actually. And we're, we're part of an incubator program at the moment. We're in, in Hamburg, in Germany, and we're thinking about what is our problem actually, and is uh, home compost actually the right tool to tackle that? Mm -hmm. And uh, one one little exercise we had to do was to like define the problem we're tackling apart from the from our solution. So, and I think that the main problem is this soil de degeneration, is climate change, obviously, and there are multiple ways of tackling that problem. And I think TerraBox is an entry point for us now. Mm -hmm. Maybe to create a brand uh, around like urban, sustainable gardening, recycling, and obviously the idea is to to expand, uh, create different sizes, see what's hap what happens along the way. But um, for now, I think we will focus to to deliver a really good product that people okay. trust us. No, okay. that's yeah, I think that's a good plan. Not that I know anything about your business, but <laughs> it sounds. Uh, it sounds like you're uh, you're you're healthily uh, ambitious, and um, not trying to make a quick buck, but actually on a mission to uh, to do something good. 
when it comes to starting a business, starting a social enterprise, I mean, you studied industrial engineering at first, then you went, went on to social entrepreneurship. That's an interesting switch. Um, when it comes to entering that space, social entrepreneurship, trying to do something good alongside making, making, a, making a profit, um, do you have any recommendations for everyone? I know you're only half a year in, maybe less. Is there, is there anything that you've already encountered that's like, okay, I'm, when I learned at school, this seemed theoretically very easy and very obvious, but then now that I'm doing it, it's actually that framework doesn't help me or that, that theory is, is beautiful to write a paper about, but when I'm actually working on a problem, it's no, 100% not help. I think uh, the first thing I always... I already realized when I was studying, I started studying, is that um, I think there are very high standards for uh, a company to be called a social enterprise. I mean, you can be everything. You can be super social. You reinvest your profits. You're completely ecological. You maybe not even net zero, but give back to the planet. And there are very high standards and a lot of ideas about what it means to be a social, sustainable enterprise. But I think uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed by that. And I think it's also um, just just start with something, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, improve over time. But uh, what I feel with Terrorbox is I would like to be more social. I would like to be more ecological. But, I mean, you've got to create something first that people accept. You've got to get some traction. You've got to scale up before you can have an actual impact. Yeah. If I tried now to use the most sustainable wood in the in the world, if I try to do everything perfect from the get-go, I wouldn't even start, you know, and I wouldn't even have the chance to grow and have an impact later. So I think don't be perfect in the beginning. That's at least what we're trying. Don't, don't be afraid of trial and error. Yeah, exactly. Do, do what your friend Yoni did and start a composting bin on exactly. your, on your balcony. I mean, we, we see, really recommend that. You. Yeah. I mean, just build your own. You don't have to buy a Terrorbox. So mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the mission is, man, just, compost more and uh, if it's with a terror box if you want a really stylish one then you're welcome but um, i can give you tips nevertheless if you want to build your own get in contact with lucas if you want any tips on for sure starting your own composting box um i think that's a great learning uh, to offer students uh, just do it just start something see where it goes if it fails who cares exactly uh, you'll learn a bunch yeah kind of like what we're doing right now and what's crazy, one thing I, I would like to add is you would never imagine, I never imagined how many people kind of jump on it and are interested in an idea if you, if you do something, if you create a product. I mean, you get in touch with so many people, even if it doesn't work out. I mean, it's amazing for just meeting people and just mm-hmm. getting to know interesting people and share ideas with them. And maybe you end up somewhere else, but at least you, you start. Right? At least you, you're active. Yeah, you go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. I think that is a beautiful place to stop uh, today's first podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Lucas, for, for joining us today. I, I think all of us in the room and hopefully everyone listening um, has learned a lot about composting, social entrepreneurship, about um, what it takes to get some healthy, healthy, nutrient-rich food for our plants and gardens. Um, so thank you. Lucas, thank you, listeners. Um, Thanks, man. um, We hope uh, this podcast and every upcoming podcast will make you just a little bit more knowledgeable about about the complex world and complex um, 
challenges um, that are global warming and uh, preserving our natural ecosystem. Um, oh yeah, and if you enjoyed our podcast, uh, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks. Thanks.